I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is a chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sibilia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sibili. I'm Stephen Fonte as we welcome you into a Monday edition of Orange Nation. Just one guest lined up for you. We'll have our weekly SOS house call at 1230. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls throughout 315-437-7644. Men's lacrosse picking up a couple of wins since our last show. SU women's lacrosse opening the season with a, a thrilling 16-15 win over Northwestern. It was a number four against number five in that matchup, and Cuse comes out on top. SU women, uh, the basketball team falling on the road at Notre Dame yesterday. But, of course, uh, Paulie, we, we lead with uh, Super Bowl Sunday, which uh, the game game always doesn't always live up to the hype, and, and you and I were texting a little bit last night about, you know, uh, more often than not, we get duds in the Super Bowl. Uh, we got a really good game last I night. I feel like they've been good a lot. They have, of late, they've been good of late. Yeah, when we were kids, they were all a lot uh, of a uh, lot of blowouts. Yeah, everybody bet the octopus. I guess last night also. I don't even know what I don't remember what Jordan explained that is, but everybody was all over my score a touchdown, and then the same guy scores a two point conversion. Every, Jalen Hurts did it. Everybody on my Facebook feed was celebrating their octopus win. Did Jordan actually bet on it? I don't know. But there were a lot of prop bets that we would have hit on last night. I know. If we had bet them. I know. I know. The call. Yeah. You want to get into that? Yeah, we can. We can. I mean, it. the, the game was It was a great game. It was decided, and I, I know both coaches will say it wasn't one play that decided. It decided the game. I mean, it decided how the game was going to end. Did it? Yes. Or did Jalen Hurts dropping a ball for absolutely no reason in a touchdown scoring? Yeah, I mean, that, that swung the game. It was the right call. It was the right call, and Andy Reid needs to get credit for it. Two times in the red zone, they absolutely torched the Eagles' defense with wide-open receivers, and it forced the DB for the Eagles to grab the guy, and it was the right call. Yeah, and you know we we don't always see eye to eye on this late game officiating, and I always say that it's it's got to rise to a certain level. Um, there's no doubt that he held him, you know. And James Bradbury said that after the game, he admitted that he held him. He admitted that it was the right call. And listen, I don't know if it was catchable or not, but to, but that wasn't the throw, right? Right. That wasn't the original throw. It was supposed to be the exact same play they ran last time, where he goes out and he runs three or four yards into the end zone. Mahomes had to hold the ball. Right. Uh, I, I think, it, listen, it was borderline, and I get why people are upset. Um, I didn't have a dog in the fight. I wanted to see them kick the field goal with a minute 45 left so we could see what happens from there. It was kind of anticlimactic at that point. Um, but I, I think it was the right call. I do. I, I think that was the right call, and it's just unfortunate that that's how that game ended because it was setting up for, you know, a potentially, you know, epic finish. So, 
The other argument is the call shouldn't have been called, right, Steve? Because it was that late in the game. What would Chiefs fans be saying right now if there was now video of Juju Smith-Schuster being held and they didn't call it? Yeah, I mean, it, right? it's, it's, it's tough. Um, again, I, I think it was the right call, and I, I hate that the game was decided like that, just like so many others. You know, if you're a Philly fan or a Chiefs fan, you're you're obviously going to have biased views on that particular play. Play, but just a a football fan, you know, you and I are just football fans watching that game last night. I didn't want it to end like that. But listen, the officials have a job to do, and they felt like they had to throw a flag. Now, I did see going into the game. I don't know if you saw this, but that crew chief, his crews have led the NFL in penalties called the last two years. So there was a, a prediction going into this game that it might, it might come down to a flag. Um, I I, th- I think at the end of the day, they got that call right. You know, I heard I heard something on Greeny that a, a guy said also is, with that high of a scoring game, it's hard to believe there were many holds to be called. So everybody's like, why weren't they calling it all game? They weren't holding. That was a clear hold, and it was due to the fact that the Eagles had just scored two wide-open touchdowns in the same scenario. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. And I know, you know, the other thing you said, give Andy Reid credit. I think you got, you know, everybody gets on Andy Reid about clock management. He he managed that clock perfectly. Like, yeah. Philadelphia scored, and then they got the two-point conversion, and the, and the Chiefs did exactly what they needed to do on that ensuing drive, right? They took just the right amount of time, um, and, and obviously they were aided by the penalty at the end, but they, you know, they they did exactly what they needed to do from a clock management standpoint. Can we go to the Can we go to the final drive? I know there's there's not much to say that there was eight eight seconds left or whatever, but I, I don't. I, I'm curious if you had the same thought as I did. So they they squibbed the kick. Mm-hmm. And they immediately go down. And it, it, the clock showed four, and the refs put six on the clock. They were at like the 37, 38-yard line. The first thought that I had was six seconds is different than four seconds. Four seconds, you probably wouldn't have enough time. But get a, a 10 to 12-yard, 15-yard, try to you know try to get a quick out and out of bounds, and then kick. I know it would have been an extremely long field goal, but I, I think you at least have a chance of hitting – a 60-yard field goal, you know, whatever the case may be, opposed to it was clearly out of Jalen Hurts' range. I mean, he loaded up, and he didn't even come close to getting it to the end zone. Um, and, and I was listening to, uh, you know, ESPN as I was driving in, and, and they they said kind of what I thought. The Hail Mary was like the last play I thought we were going to see there. Yeah. I thought you were going to see a thousand. Ladder. Yeah, I thought you were going to see a thousand laterals. I, or try to go to the side. Did that thought occur to you when you saw there was six seconds left? Try no, to get 15 yards no, and get out of bounds. I didn't. I was too busy, like, obsessing on the call. Yeah. Like, was it the right one? Was it the was it the wrong one? Was is Steve right that you got to swallow your whistle in that situation? I again, I think it has to rise to a certain level. And for me, I I was okay with that call last night. I didn't. I didn't. You know, I've heard some people say it's ticky tack. I mean, he clearly held him. I yeah. mean, that wasn't like like that. That was a hold. Um. I was okay with it. Okay. Well, Super Bowl wrap done. We have any show left for the day? No, like, but nobody's talking about the fact that Jalen Hurts just dropped a ball that caused a touchdown. That play was far more crucial 
to the game. Than I mean, it, it swung the game. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And and even with that play, Eagles are still in control going to the locker room. But you knew that Mahomes and company were getting the ball to start the second half. Like nobody and, touched him. I mean, neither neither defense could stop the other. All that you know, the the Eagles stopped themselves, and the Chiefs didn't get stopped in the second half. Well, the Chiefs had that possession. huge three and out in the what third quarter, fourth yeah. quarter, at the very end there. Right. Those were those were hard to come by. But I mean, you look at the the one. Well, I th- I believe if I'm not mistaken, the Eagles were stopped twice in the first half. One of them was because they got a holding penalty on first down, and they went to first and twenty, and they ended up having to punt. And the second one was they, you know, Jalen Hurst just dropped the ball and it got run, ran back for a touchdown. Um, n- nobody really stopped anybody. I mean, it was a great game. It was it was kind of what we expected. We expected a high-scoring affair. We expected it to be decided by a field goal. And, again, it was building up to a phenomenal finish, and then it was anticlimactic for the last two minutes. I mean, as soon as that penalty was called, you knew the game was over, and you knew how it was going to end. Yeah, but... It was the right call, and had it gone the other way, we'd be now talking about the the hold that wasn't called, and the Eagles somehow came back and tied it and sent it to overtime, and yeah, you can't win. I guess, and but there's no guarantee the Eagles would have gone down and tied it. I mean, that's the yeah. other thing. They would have had uh, no timeouts. Well, the odds were in their one, favor they, the they way they one, no, they they one, no. one time One timeout when the penalty was, right? Didn't they have one left, I think? I think they had one, one timeout left. But yes, what, what were you going to say? But... The odds are the way the defenses were playing, they were going to at least get a field goal in a minute and a half. Seemed like it. Yeah, seemed like it, or at least a field goal try. But, you know, if that game goes into overtime, is anybody talking about the hold? You think yes. Kansas City's still talking Absolutely. about the Absolutely. All right. Fishy, the officials can't win. The, you know what else was annoying the hell out of me in that game? was after the hold the announcers just throwing gas on the fire. They have an official in the booth with him who says that was the right, he said it, that was the right call. And no, they just kept feeding. And like people can't think for themselves in 2023. So everybody's hearing that was a bad call. That was a bad call. That was a bad call. Just over and over. And the sheep are just bad call, bad call. Like just listen to the guy who's the official who you completely agreed with on both of the reviewed catches, right? Guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, and yeah. he had the uh, he had the ability to see all the views and all the slow motion. And said that was the right call. Yeah, I still, again, I I still would like to see that kind of play be reviewable. I happen to think that if they reviewed it, I think it, the the call would have stood certainly. Um, but that goes back to your if it wasn't called, right? I, I feel like anything should be reviewable. Anything should be reviewable. You get, you know, and I think that that was a case that you know if they wanted to take another look at it, make sure they got it right. They, you know, they could reverse it if they felt like they didn't get it right. I think we all agree they got it. Well, maybe we don't all agree. I think you and I agree that they got it right. Anything else stick out to you, do you from this from the Super Bowl from the actual game? Are you talking? I mean, yeah. I'm sure we could get into, you know. Commercials, Rihanna, and, and Rihanna, and, and all, all that. In terms of the game itself, listen. I, I as I said going in, I thought it was. Um, I thought the two best teams were there. As much as that kills me to say, uh, I thought the two best teams were there, and and we got a great game. And it, there's no doubt in my mind that you know that the fumble changed the entire complexion of the game. Even though the Eagles still you know seemed to be in control at halftime, 
without that fumble, I I tend to think the Eagles win the game. I learned that I don't know what a catch is and what a catch isn't. Yeah. Because I was completely wrong on all of them, I, on all the reviews. I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely a catch. Nope. That's a catch. Oh, it was. You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't get how you can have a ball on your helmet and that's, and then drop it into your hands and where you decide what control is and what isn't. I don't know. Yeah, I thought the the one that seemed obvious to me was the uh, the one where they the the receiver was one of the, the running, fumble it, and the it, touchdown. Yeah, it was yeah, one that of the running guys. It was Gainwell or uh, was it Gainwell or Sanders? I can't remember. But he he got hit like instantaneously. They let it play out. But that right away, like I was like, there's no way that that was a catch. I also. I also could have made a huge argument that Kadarius Tony was the MVP of that Super Bowl because of the kick return. Yeah, I mean, I know he scored. He a scored a touchdown, yeah. and that yeah. kick return changed the game. The, yeah, the kick return was huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were a couple big plays. It, I mean, it was a fun game to watch. It, it really was. Halftime show. You want to give a quick uh, thumbs up, thumbs down? I liked all the songs. I, I didn't like it sounded good. I enjoyed it. It just it wasn't spectacular. So, yeah, I mean the, the halftime show was fine. I, my wife and I spent the first half of the halftime show discussing whether or not she was pregnant. I was like, I think she's pregnant. My wife's like, she's definitely pregnant. We we kind of went back and forth on that. If you tune into Q Sports Talk during the break, I'll give you my conspiracy theory. On, okay. On the dancers. Okay. Look forward to that. Um yeah, the halftime show was fine. I mean, commercials were, you know, it's, it's kind of what you expect out of commercials. Some of them were good. Some of them missed the mark. Do we need to have, like, this came up on Greeny also, and I was I was kind of agreeing with it. And I know I'm not the demo, and you're not the demo, but is, is it time to just get rid of the halftime show? Uh, Isn't there something better they can do? I don't think you could get rid of the halftime show. I mean, Why? there are people who tune in for the commercials, the halftime show. Like, you and I tune in because we want to watch the game. Not everybody's tuning in for those reasons. Right? I, I do think it's it's strange, and I actually brought this up to Kim last night as we were watching it. I do think it's strange that in the biggest game of these guys' lives, they have to sit in the locker room for like 45 minutes. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's out of, you know, well, someone's are, out there lip-syncing umbrella. Right. Athletes are such a creature of habit that... Every Sunday, every game they play in, halftime is the same amount of time. And then you get into the Super Bowl, and it's you, uh, you wait three times long to go back out on the field. I do think that that is strange. Did it give uh, Did it give the Chiefs an advantage in uh, that well, there was a, a medical miracle performed on Patrick because Mahomes, Mahomes in that time? Also. My guess is is he would have been uh, the ankle would have been feeling no pain one way or the other, but uh, I, I think it probably benefits the team that's losing. From an adjustment standpoint, in that case, you know, injury standpoint. Um, I mean, both teams have to live through the same thing. I just think it's strange that, you know, every game they play in, it, it, you know, there's a, a set, you know, and the NFL is very regimented when it comes to those things. Um, but in the Super Bowl, it's like, all right, well, sit through, you know, three times as long of a halftime as you normally do. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll play again in 45 minutes. I, I don't know. Uh, one more game takeaway. Also, I know you can't give the MVP to multiple people, but the clear MVP, clear MVP of this game. I mean, without a doubt, Pat Mahomes is great, but 
his offensive line won that game. They kept one of the best pass rushes off of him. A guy who's got a bad ankle. How about just the, had all the time in the world to throw the ball? And how about the scramble at the end? Yeah, when I mean, you knew it was one of those. He's he's giving it everything he's got. Uh, he ran thirty yards or whatever that was on a uh, you know a, uh, on half an ankle. It seemed like he's limping the whole way. Um, you're right. The offensive line played great. Um, I mean, you had two elite offenses going at it. And and two elite offensive minds, and um, you know we got a we got a great game. I just the, like I said, the finish uh, left something to be desired. All right, we made it through a segment. You got a full segment of your own coming up next, Steve. We're talking lacrosse. You don't yeah. want to. You don't. You can contribute. explain to me what happened over the weekend in <laughs> okay. lacrosse. Good things yes. for Syracuse lacrosse. I'm I'm, I'm confused by the scheduling. You can explain that to me. All right, we're going to hit a timeout here. Uh, our SOS house call coming up at 12.30. Phone line's open, though, if you want to check in prior to that at 315-437-7644. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Yo, something's wrong here. No, not again. This is the song that changed my uh, my appreciation of De La Soul. Potholes in my lawn. I wasn't in like a popular clique, but we all loved this song in yeah. my little uh, clique. It would uh, come up on uh, MT- Yo MTV Raps is where we all learned about it. and We all ran out. We ought to get that C- CD, cassette, album, whatever the hell it was back cassette then. Cassette back then, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. Yeah. I bought everything on wax, as they would say, Steve, because I had turn t- two turntables in my bedroom. Did you really? Yeah. Are you, I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, I'm being serious. I had two turntables, a mixer. I had all, all of it. Pretend I was on the radio all the time. That's what I wanted to do my whole life. You want to be a DJ? Yeah. So I would introduce potholes in my lawn, and now I'm doing it and getting paid for it. Life is good. Life is good. Life is good. Uh, what what the heck are we doing? Oh, audio, audio of Jim Beheim's uh, teleconference. You can catch it every week right here on QSportsTalk.com. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's uh lead off with uh, Judah's uh transition to being a point guard this year. Steve, see how that's going so far. Well, you know, Judah was really a driver, a two guard one in high school. But, you know, really, that's what he did: score. And uh, he's made the transition to the point guard pretty well. He's pretty solid back there. He, he gets the ball to people, but he's primarily a scorer. He, he tries to get to the basket. That's what he does best. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's having a great freshman year, really, really great freshman year. Syracuse is going to be in a predicament with that kid, right, after the season? But whether or not he goes pro? Is that what you mean? Yeah, and I feel like there's going to be other schools offering. I don't. I know. I don't know how you do it legally, but he'll hear of other offers. Yes, the payroll might be higher at other schools, right? That's a concern. Sure, they got to keep that kid one more year. If everybody's not chanting one more year at every home game when that kid scores a basket, you're not helping. He's been so good. He's been so good. Fun and to watch. You know, 
he came in with high expectations, and I think everybody looked at him as of the the players in the freshman class. He was the one people were most excited about, and maybe expected the most out of. And so that's that's a lot of hype for him to live up to. And I I would say he's he's surpassed the hype in yeah. terms of what everybody thought they were getting out of him. Uh, he's been better than advertised in a lot of cases. Um, you know, I think Justin Taylor is probably surpassed the expectations for him in his freshman year. Malik Brown has probably surpassed the expectations for him in his freshman year. People want to know what they should chant one more year every time he's got the ball. One more year. They did it for Mello at the end. They did. Well, that was a different circumstance. Well, this one's yeah. just as important. Please come back, maybe. So, I mean, he's a talented kid, and I think he's got a bright future, and I do think we're going to see him Playing in uh, in the NBA someday, um, uh, you know, I, I think he would benefit from another year of college and uh, a summer of just shooting jump shots. Yeah, well, we talked about this last week. Can you imagine him he's, with a with a three point shot? He's got a nasty mid range. He can get to the basket. Yeah, if he can hit, he can defend. Shot. It's quick. He's got yep. all the tools, but you're right. He's got to add a he's got to add a three point shot to his game. All right. What else you got? We got more on Judah, and, you know, Jim Beheim's not just impressed with his offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, he's good. He has good feel for the for the ball. He, he's up there in steals, and um, he's getting better in terms of his coverages defensively. Um, I think he's a, a really solid defensive guard, and that's as a freshman. Very solid. He had the. He only had one steal against Florida State, but it locked the game up basically. Yeah, he's uh, he's leading the ACC in steals by a, a decent margin too. Stop playing zone. He's uh, he's zone got doesn't work. Fifty one on the season. Uh, Justin Mutz is second in terms of steals per game. Uh, he's played one less game, but he's got thirty nine. If you're going on just sheer numbers, uh, Tyree Appleby at Wake Forest has 42. So he's up by, in sheer numbers, he's up by nine. Um, Judah's averaging two steals per game. Next closest, uh, three guys, four guys are averaging 1.6 per game. So, yeah, he's up there in steals, leading the way. I feel like a Syracuse guard is always. Seems like out. it, yeah. Except for last year when Joe and Buddy were up there. Yuck. How about Jesse Edwards is 20th in the ACC in steals? Look at that. Where is he in blocks? Come on, let's have fun. Uh, he's number one in blocks. Nice. This is uh, it's By a like, wide margin. This is like me going through the NC State alumni. I'm going to do it. Where's Joe Girard in steals? 15th, I'm guessing. No, 15th. he's not. He's, he's actually lower than Jesse. Jesse's second on the team in steals right now. Oh. Uh, Jesse has 28 steals. Joe's got 23. Boo! Boo, Joe Girard. Where is Chris Bell and rebounding in the East? <laughs> um, in terms of assists, let's see where Judah is in assists. Judah is eighth in That's the conference. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. Where is he in scoring? Let's go. Um, I think he's he's got to be 15, way, right? ways down. I think in scoring. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's fi- yeah fi- number fifteen. That's right. pretty damn good. Yeah. He's he's top fifteen steals. Assists and scoring. And, and number one in steals. Number one yeah. in steals. Number eight in assists, 15 in scoring. Yeah, they need that kid back. He's having a great year. 
Joe is fifth right now in scoring. All right. Uh, there was a question asked about uh, Peter Carey's injury status. Steve. That's random. He's not back at practice yet. You know, he hasn't been cleared. Um, he should be fine. It looks healthy. He, uh, I like what he was doing. He's very active, uh, very active big guy. Just got to get stronger, and uh, getting this knee fixed was important. It's the same procedure he had on his other knee last year, and that's fine. So we think he's going to be 100% healthy. You know, he just needs a he needs a couple more months really to get back to full speed. Has he been able to get in the weight room and do some upper body stuff? And yeah, all that he's stuff? he's doing all his weight room stuff. He's doing lower body and upper body now. I feel like it should be mandatory that you eat a Sunday with every meal. If you're Peter Carey, yeah, put on some like, weight. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he wasn't going to play this year anyway. Yeah. Um. So, you know, let's hope he gets healthy and uses the year to put on some weight and put on some muscle and. You know, he'll have uh, four years of eligibility left. So um, this is, I think, all along this was probably going to be a redshirt year for Peter Carey one way or the other, and it it turned into a you know a medical redshirt year, you know, a redshirt for medical reasons. Um, he, uh, you know, that LeBron James guy. Yeah, he uh, pretty good. Set the record. He for did. scoring yep. the past week. Uh, Coach Bam talked about working with him at the. Olympics. Well, we had him in the very beginning when he was young, and he took care of himself then. I mean, he had his trainer with him when we were in, with the Olympics and would train uh, with him almost every day. And uh, the thing I always felt with LeBron, he's one of the smartest players I've ever seen um, offensively or defensively. I think that's at a young age, he was uh, understanding the game uh, what what he sh- should be doing on the court, what his teammates should be doing. He he really sees uh, saw the game uh, completely as a player. He really understood the game, what everybody was doing, where everybody was, and uh, he had a full time trainer back in you know when oh wait you know I mean this is. You know, 14 years ago, so he was 24 then. Um, he already was had that figured out. What, what to, how to train, how to keep his body right. Um, I think he was ahead of the the game uh, in terms of his training at, at that time. That's why I think he's been able to play so long, and just, he just takes care of himself and. Um, trains his body, but my overall impression of him was always he was just really, really smart basketball player. And it's uh, it served him well. It served him well. And one last one, Steve. You know there's a game tomorrow night. Yeah. Here's uh, Coach Beheim's thought on the opponent, NC State. You know, they're one of the best shooting teams in the country, and, you know, they've got the good inside game this year. They're really a well-rounded basketball team. I, I think they're as good as anybody. And well-coached. You forgot well-coached. I mean, they've been sneaky good. We yeah. talked about this last week. They're, they're a pretty good team. And uh, these next four games in particular are obviously extremely important for Syracuse. They're, they're going to be tough games. You know, two at home, then two on the road. Although your Clemson Tigers have come back down to earth since we, uh, since we had that conversation. I don't know if you know this, Steve, but there may be a path to 
an at-large bid, but you'd probably need a GPS to do that. You know where else you could use a GPS? Financial planning. That is correct. The Elite Wealth Management Group is your GPS to financial planning. Yeah, your Clemson Tigers they, uh, have lost three in a row, by the way. They are a number one seed in, when it comes to financials. Yes. I'm aware. Fully aware. Yeah, they are They are UNLV good. Not today, but when UNLV was you know, really Back when we, yeah, were, not current, we were growing yes. up. Yes. So there you go. Early 90s, yes. UNLV good. We've got two options. We can we can try and figure out that path to the tournament, or do you want to do our favorite commercials? Let's have fun. You really, we can we break. could we could probably do both. To be honest with you, do we want to like we got all day tomorrow to break down NC State and what it means? Do we want to talk about our favorite commercials, Steve? Let's have a little fun. It's the day after a holiday. So I want to know what you ate. I want to know everything about your okay, personal we'll, Super Bowl. We'll experience. get into that next. We'll take two minutes though. Right now, we we've discussed this about the is there a path. They got to win a bunch of games, and they need to do it now, yeah. right? I mean, there's just yeah. there's there's no margin for error. They got to rattle off a bunch here, and then you know we'll we'll have a real discussion if they do. People thought we were beating the Beheim stories like a dead horse. Uh, the the path to the tournament, you win win all your games. There you go. Thank you. Or at least win a bunch of them, and then we'll have this conversation. But at, you know, I, I feel like at the moment it's not even worth having because they got to get super hot. You know, yeah. Um, going two and two these next four. Win out. Let's win out. Not going to do much and for then you. Then we can talk. I mean, we'll do a we'll little talk for We'll talk again when you win out. <laughs> right. You said we would talk again when you know when at the end of the year about Clemson. I feel like we can we can update that. What's the standings? I mean, they've lost three in a row. What, what they're is ten, they're ten and four now? That's not what I asked. I asked what the standings were. Virginia is currently the best team in Miami. Oh. And Pittsburgh is oh. also. So I told so, you that. I told you that yeah. back when we had this Season's conversation before. Over. So okay. is Pittsburgh the best team? I I know it's not Clemson. I know it's well, not we'll Clemson. find out at the end of the year. Okay. I think we already found out. All right. Let's. Uh, You're we'll putting words in my mouth. I said they are what the record says they are, and at that time they were the best team in the ACC. Thank you. And then I said they haven't played all the You're best just, teams yet. You are a low key jerk. Okay. Not trying to be. I just I like. Is it because they have a paw? Is their logo Steve, and you don't like animals? Is that what I love is? their logo. It's a great logo. We'll hit a time. I'll I, I'll tell a uh, I'll tell a, a a story about that during the commercial break. QSportsTalk.com about the Clemson's uh, logo. Uh, back after this on ESPN Radio.